You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Uh, What a great time to be... uh... You know, I moved here in the late 90s, so the team wasn't awful. Uh, and then, of course, then there was that amazing 2001 season. At that time, I'm working at the end. Dude, I was getting access to go and interview players in the locker room. Like, they – at the time, they – like – and I'll, I'll share a great story of how we got banned from the Mariners uh, because of <laughs> stupidity of the guy I worked with. Uh, but I was going to the, the to go get audio of the players, but I was getting like random audio. Like we were on a sports talk station. We were a morning radio show. I was trying to make people laugh and sometimes failing miserably at it. But I really got to get to know Jay Buhner during that time because he did not talk to media at all, but I came in in my own stupid wisdom, which actually worked. I came in with CDs and I bribed him. I was like, Hey dude, if you talk to me, I'll hook you up with some CDs. (laughs) I don't even remember. This guy's, and he goes, well, what do you got? I'm like, I got Allison Chain's box set. He goes, all right, yeah, let's do it. So then that kind of became a joke. Like I would get to talk to him. I'd bring a CD for him and hook him up with it. He could afford a record store at that time. Like he's Jay freaking Buner. But I think he got a kick out of the fact that, A, I wasn't asking like boring, in his eyes, probably boring sports questions. I was just talking music with him and, and, and keeping it on the surface about baseball. Like, you know, it wasn't anything hard hitting. I was never going to hit him with like a hard question about how the team's doing. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't good enough at that. Like, and I didn't even think to take advantage of those opportunities, but it was great. Like I had a decent relationship with Ken, uh, with uh, Jay Buhner because of that. Also, uh, uh, Moyer was pretty cool. Uh, there was a few, but the thing that got us kicked out, our host was obsessed with trying to get an interview with Ichiro. He, that's all he wanted. He's like, I just want to get some, even if it's a 30 second interview with the team's like, no, he doesn't really speak English. And, it's very limited and it's not going to happen somewhere. He found out that Ichiro was a fan of pizza, which I mean, okay. So <laughs> I show up to meet up with my host, Andy at the time. And I'm like, okay, we're going to meet up. We're going to go into the locker rooms and do the interviews. And we have our press pass and all that. So getting in was easy. He shows up with a pizza box. And I'm like, what are you doing with the pizza? He's like, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to bribe Ichiro with a pizza. So he talked to us and do we come down and I, and I got, I, I got to imagine it was Lou Pinella. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I, I, I it must have been. This is forever ago. Obviously, we go down, and whoever was one of the managers of the team are like, "Who do you have for these guys?" Like I could hear them saying this, and I've never felt more small because I'm like, we look like the biggest idiots, and rightfully so. 
we showed up to a prep. All the other media looking at us like we're, they already thought we were Nimrods. I mean, I'm showing up with CDs. Like, you know, but like CDs are easy. I can put them in my, my jacket pocket. They don't no smell. <laughs> right. They don't smell. They're not edible. Yeah. Got, so finally, like the PR guy at the time, who's still there, uh, Greg Green, awesome guy. Uh, one of the, I, I know he's worked his way up the ladder and like Kevin Martinez as well. I've always loved those guys, even though we deservingly got kicked out of the locker room. Because they're just like, guys, what are you doing? What, what's wrong with you? I, it's like, why are you bringing a pizza into a locker room? And Andy, without missing a beach, just like, well, uh, we wanted to talk to each other. And we're like, they're like, we said you you can't. He's like, well, I figured if I give him some pizza, I'll talk. He's like, that's not his decision. Like, we're in charge of this. You don't show up with a pizza. <laughs> it's so stupid. Fast forward five minutes later, we've been kicked out. Our credentials have been taken from us. And we're sitting outside of the, out of the stadium. And he's just eating the pizza. And I'm looking at him. It's like, I, I felt like we were like James Simon Bob or some kind of random weird movie. And I'm like, why do you think that was a good idea? He's like, I don't know. I thought it was a good idea. He's like, do you want a slice? I'm like, well, yeah, of course I want a slice of pizza. I'm hungry. Dude. And we never got uh, access to, and granted, we didn't really try very hard because, I mean, I'm not going back to them and being like, hey, give us another chance. They, they were always still cool to me. And to this day, like, I have a great relationship with, with those guys when I see them, but I, you know, obviously our show, we don't need to have access to a locker room. So I never had to broach that again, but you know, we've done things with the Mariners here at KSW that right. they don't hold it against me. Uh, I, and also I wasn't the one who brought the pizza, but I was guilt by association. But after that, the relationship with the Mariners ended, you know, just like, yeah. no, you guys are dorks. Like, no, we're not, <laughs> we're not working with you guys again. I think this group of Mariners would probably have taken the pizza. That's uh, yes. <laughs> it's a different animal now. But also the funny part about that too is you brought the pizza and it's like these guys are major leaguers. They have catering. They have everything they possibly would want to eat already, you know, provided for them. Like, I, I think if Ichiro wants pizza, they'll make him a pizza that's probably better than the Domino's that we brought with us. Like, I got this inside thing. They don't, the Mariners don't provide pizza for their players. So we're going to bring a pizza. I love it. <laughs> uh, Baseball sure has changed, Junior. Yeah, the Hexagon replaced the diamond. And can you imagine facing three pitches? Emerson on base. Oh, the base ejector got him snoozing. He goes Why did it all change? All sport. Game just got too easy. The unsurpassed taste of all sport. A third more carbs than Gatorade for energy could make a difference. Next yeah. up. Your grandson's up. Ken Griffey the fourth. Next. It's going. It's going. Watch out, center boy. Oh. Center boy's got him. He was robbed. All sport body quencher. The game will never be the same. All right, up to bat next is a good friend of mine, NBC's Carl Tart. You might know him from Grand Crew or the upcoming series in the know, the Mike Judge series that is going to be on Peacock. He's also been on Star Trek Lower Decks. He was a writer for Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Brockmire, Keenan, and he's been one of my day one uh, Los Angeles Hollywood friends, uh, somebody that we have uh, vicariously lived through each other's sports teams. We go to spring training annually. This conversation is about our Airbnb that we had down in Arizona and, and throwing a little bit of shade at uh, Chase Field. Well, now that you're back on the podcast, what what do you want to talk about? Uh we we still haven't gotten a chance to talk about spring training. Yeah, we haven't. So yeah, we went to spring training. What was our second spring training? Now it's an annual thing, right? Yeah. 
one thing, and, and this time it was interesting because I realized that I don't necessarily like Arizona that much. First time it was like the excitement of being there. First time it was the excitement of being in Arizona, the excitement of being at spring training. But now I'm like, this this time I was like, ah, uh, uh. it had a little stank on it this time, don't you think? Well, I think we might have been staying around a stank area as well. A little the, bit. The, the place that we stayed at wasn't bad. I mean, well, speaking of stank, uh, glad you brought that up. That's a perfect segue to talk about the place that we were staying in. Because speaking of stank, it definitely we were not allowed to uh, throw toilet paper in the toilet. <laughs> no, that was that was that was that was the thing. That was like last year when we got our Airbnb. It was that it was a converted what garage that they yeah. or <laughs> it was a converted <laughs> garage with no with no kitchen. I was wondering when I first walked. I didn't realize when I first when we first walked in. I didn't realize that you had gotten there before me. You and you and uh, the ninja had gotten there before me, and I was uh, I, I I couldn't believe I was like something's weird about these walls. Like the 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 ceiling was real short, and the walls felt like thin. I'm like, is somebody living in these walls? And then we did hear people. Apparently, there were people staying on the other side of the house, and on the part that we were in, there was no kitchen. There was a a, a microwave and a coffee machine in the in the living room. Now, granted. That's how most hotels are. There's no kitchen. There's just a microwave and a coffee machine. Sometimes not even a microwave. Like not even not even that. You don't even get that. But when you stay at an Airbnb, like it's called Airbnb for a reason. It's supposed to be bed and breakfast. Supposed to have a kitchen and everything like that. I feel like there should be regulation towards that. I'm not a big fan of Airbnbs, but the whole the hotel prices were way too uh, expensive when we went this time. World Baseball Classic and something else was going on. NASCAR. NASCAR and spring training. So hotels, like even in bad areas, were like four hundred bucks a night. Too much money when you want to see the games. No, we uh, had a good looking place, except for that we couldn't, you know, flush our our toilet tissue. <laughs> but I got a secret. I did. I did a couple times too. Uh, the money's already been paid. I'm sure they don't listen to this show, but I did too because <laughs> I wasn't. I mean, what do you want me to do? You want me to put my shitty toilet paper in a plastic bag and walk it outside? That's crazy. That's insane. Well, one of the bathrooms had a bidet, which was interesting. Uh, you know, that was like my first time using a bidet for a week. Got to say, I kind of liked it, but also, you know, that thing can catch you off guard in the morning. That was one part of it. The second part of Arizona, which was interesting, was we kept running into places that, so we when we first went down to the WBC to watch uh, USA play against uh, Great Britain, pretty good Britain, uh, there was nothing open. There was all these storefronts down there, and there was nothing open. And then we went to Marley's, but we couldn't get in. Dan Marley's uh, downtown pub. And here's what's crazy about that is the Suns had a game that day against the Kings, which I'm glad they lost because I don't like the Suns. Uh, but nothing was open. The only thing that was open, but it was two packs, was the, the Taco Bell Cantina, which I still have not been to. Everybody talks about how dope Taco Bell Cantina is. But remember we got in the in the stadium. A lot of the restaurants were closed inside the stadium. Mm-hmm. And none of the bathrooms. Again, we kept running. This was a this is why Arizona was shitty this time. And I'll say this. <laughs> literally. Literally shitty. Because at the Airbnb we was at, you couldn't you couldn't flush the toilet. And then you get to the to where the diamondbacks play. What is that field called? Chase Field. Chase Field. 
none of the damn none of the the bathrooms had toilet paper i don't know what's going on mr buner will you play pepper with me i can't son it's against the rules how many times have you heard that? Hi, I'm Ken Griffey Jr. When I'm not running the bases, I'm running for president. Vote for me, and I promise to erase every no pepper sign in America. Mr. Griffey, will you play pepper with me? Sure, kid. Could you help me out with some swing states? Oh, yeah, I guess. A shoot on every foot and a pepper game in every backyard. I think Ken Griffey is spending too much time on the field, not enough time on issues like the flat tax. No pepper? I say yes to pepper. Look, pepper was outlawed for a reason. It tears up the turf. You know how big this thing was? Look at this. Pepper van, and right under there, Korean War ends. The man don't want you to play pepper. You gonna listen to the man? If you outlaw pepper, only outlaws will play pepper. So where does the candidate stand on real issues, like the flat tax? I mean, if they're so smart in Washington, why don't they have a baseball team? Baseball without pepper is like baseball without baseballs. Hey, anyone can champion pepper. It takes a real man to champion the flat tax. It's pepper that people want. They don't care about the minimum wage, the flat tax. They want pepper, and they want it now. Pepper to the people, man. Land of the free? Why can't I play pepper? Jefferson should have said life, liberty, pepper in the pursuit of happiness, because it just didn't sound right. But that's what they meant to say. I know that. And where does this moose stand on the flat tax? All right, this next segment is with writer, comedian, actor Bill Posley. If you uh, enjoyed the Cobra Kai series, well, good news, he was a writer on that. He's also written the upcoming Ferris Bueller's Day Off reboot. In this segment, we're talking about the love of the movie Little Big League and also kind of an embarrassing moment that I talked about when I uh, had an interaction with uh, Wesley Snipes on uh, Hollywood Boulevard. Here it is. Am I wrong or am I right? What sports movie are you the... Is it Little Big League? Yeah, it is Little Big League where Griffey is oh! Yeah. It is, and it's against the Minnesota Twins. Uh, right. He also he also makes a cameo, not as a villain, but I think a strikeout a strikeout uh, victim. And uh, what's what's the one? Oh gosh, dang! I can't. How can I forget this name? It's rookie the, of the, the year. That, rookie of the year. He's in rookie of yeah, the yeah, year yeah. as well. But yes, in uh, Little Big League, he is the villain without saying much. He's he's yeah, not. Yeah. He's not Fleetwood, whatever his name is, in a, a, a major league. You know, right, he's not right. yelling things from the dugout. Uh, but uh, yeah, Griffey is is the villain uh, in that movie. That is a that is actually a, a really a really good baseball movie. I, some of them I've went back that they don't hold up as well. Yeah, no, I, I dude, Little Big League was one of my favorite movies. It has one of my favorite lines. In what any it? movie, it's when uh, the when the the manager, the kid, has to fire one of the players. It's his first like this is the real. This is oh, what it's yeah, really yeah, yeah. about. Mm-hmm. This is the, the guy who hits thing. the the guy who hits the CNI single, and he's like, he was actually, yeah, yeah. and they make it really well that he was like that was the that was like his his favorite player growing up as a fan as well. Yeah, he he goes, he goes, Jerry, oh my God, Jerry just hit a single. And he goes, don't you think there's a problem when we're rooting a a routine single? And then he brings them into the office and he's like, 
Jerry, I love you. You were one of my favorite players. You know that one day somebody tried to ask me to trade a Wade Boggs rookie card for you, and I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I wouldn't do it because you were like my favorite player. And he goes, great. I'm going to tell my wife and kids now that uh, we have to move. But don't worry. The kid likes my baseball card. And it's just so <laughs> good. It is. And, and real. Like very, and real. Very, and real. Like that's a real – like. I wonder if there was like some other bullshit line in there and somebody was like, this doesn't feel real enough. Let's, well, what are we trying to say here? Well, this is what we're trying to put that in there. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it is. That is a man. I haven't thought about that scene in a while. Thank you for, for bringing I haven't that, seen one that movie up. in so long, but yeah. Yeah. I just recently watched uh, major league. Just, it was just on I caught it. Like, Right, was it that they were at spring training the other night? Oh, and, yeah, oh, and, yeah, and, and, it, and it was just like I mean, there's parts of it that I obviously can't do now, but that's just the <laughs> just just including the, the uniforms. But uh, that movie too just has a bunch of lines that I've started to like. I've growing up, I mean, I liked all these other lines that everybody else, the player said, and now I'm really into what all the manager has to say. That's like my, yeah, new, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's my new that's my new thing where if you've seen a movie 900 times, you got to look for something else to, you know, really appreciate about it. And you're like, oh, that's what I like. I really love listening to to Lou Brown. Dude, his. Oh, my God. You run like haze, but you hit like you hit shit. Like shit. Yeah. <laughs> I walked up to um, Wesley Snipes outside of the I.O. that he was at something. Next Whoa. Time. And this was like. My Midnight. favorite actor of the nineties, by the way, just my favorite. He, we could talk about that a whole nother. I love him. I embarrassed myself. I <laughs> went up to him and I don't do that. I just don't do that. And it was like one of those nights, like I had a really good show, yeah, 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 a yeah. couple of drinks and somebody's like, he's over there and next door. And that was fine. And now it's two hours later, the bar's closing down. And I, and I went over to him and I was like, Wesley Snipes. I was just like, I love you. He's like, thanks. And I was like, you run like haze and you hit like, and I go, hold on. You run like, and he goes, I get it. I get it. I, get it. I, the and I stumbled over the fucking lines. I fucking stumbled over the lines. And then I was just like, I was, and I don't get pictures and I don't do anything. And then I, I still had the phone in my hand and I could see him looking at my hand. I was like, thank you. And I just walked away. And it was like this line that I've said and everybody knows. <laughs> And I and I don't know if it was nerves and I, I it's probably alcohol, but I just and I was like, not only I should have just kept on going through it. And then I was like, let me start it again. Let me take that back. Let me take that back. And he was like, he goes, I, I get it. I get it. And I was yeah, like, I've heard I it. Felt, no, you're this is a millionth time. Yeah. I, I yeah. I, I know he should have been like, I wonder if other people butchered it as bad as I did. And I was just, this is like one of these nights I just had such a great show and I couldn't feel better about myself as an actor, clean dialogue the whole night, did my work. And then I walk up to one of the best actors in our lifetime and I just completely <laughs> embarrassed myself. And I just remember having to go back in and talk to Vlad and talk to Carl. <laughs> it was just like, I didn't give him the whole business right there. I was like, oh, yeah, it was hella cool. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, down-to-earth guy. Supercross. This weekend in the Kingdom. The Coors Beer Supercross. Doubleheader. K-1. 
Get ready, Seattle, this Saturday night at 7.30 and Sunday afternoon at 2. The 1988 AMA Supercross Tour. Motorcycle Mania on an incredible dirt battleground that treats man and machine the same way. With absolutely no respect. See the best. National champion Jeff Ward. Former champion Ricky Johnson. Tickets at all Ticketmaster locations, including the Bond, Tower Records and Video, and participating Honda dealers. The Coors Beer Supercross. All right, up next is the Pike Street Drummer. If you go down to Pike Place Market, well, this is the drummer. He also is the drummer outside of Seattle Mariners games, Seahawks games, any of the major Seattle events. You'll probably see him there. So this is a, a segment about how he picks which songs he wants to play during particular emotional moments, highs, lows. Let's check it out. So you've yeah. been doing this for people that uh, you know don't make it out to T-Mobile Park, maybe they're listening out on the East Coast or whatever, you're playing the drums outside of the left field uh, entrance pretty much every home game. I think I've only missed probably like six to seven of them. And uh, those were like mental, uh, mental days I had to take for myself. But other than that, man, I've been out there. Uh, rain, sleet, snow, high winds, winds, loses, zombie apocalypses. Just, just been out, you know, dedicated, you know. Yeah, you are the vibe. You are literally the the first and the last thing thing you see. Yeah, it's pretty cool because um, because I feel like I'm like the first line of uh inspiration when fans are going into the stadium. So I feel like if I can get them hyped and give them enough energy, they can kind of uh transfer that from the stands onto the field, and then you know the players want to play for uh fans supporting them. They kind of want to show out. You know, and the more fans in the stadium already turned up and hype, you know, I think the better we perform. So it's almost a symbiosis of uh, of collaborations going on, you know. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's pretty interesting. You play with the highest of highs and the lowest of lows of the emotions of the fans coming out. Uh, what's your like go to if we just had a big walk off victory? Everybody's coming out of the stadium charged up. What's what's your go to? So I reel them in with some Michael Jackson, and then for Michael Jackson, uh, I get them dancing with each other with Dance With Somebody. And then, uh, you know, we just keep the party going for a little bit. And then I, I, I got to throw in that Don't Stop Believing, just so the fans know, you know, win, lose, or draw, you know, we still support the Mariners, you know what I mean? That always gets them riled up. And, uh, and then I take it to some more dancing. And then I, I sometimes have to like stop because they won't stop dancing. So I'm like, all right, this is the last song. They're like, no. Yeah, I'm like, you know, I, I play uh, Peaches um, from the, the Super Mario Brothers track. That's kind of like the, the last song of the night. And that's kind of like my uh, curtain call song. And so, you know, uh, I play that and let them know like, hey, I got to go home because, you know, I, I don't live here on, in front of left field gate. So, yeah. <laughs> That, yeah. yeah, that's some expensive real estate down there. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, and so let's just go to the flip side of that. Let's just think, let's just, uh, how about like, look, last year, probably the lowest feeling of, or was obviously the playoff game when the Mariners lost to the Houston Astros. Yeah. What are you playing? What's the vibe like? What are the people like you when this is going on as well? Well, well the game before, okay, so we, that when we made that playoff berth, like that game that night was crazy. It was like everybody was dancing. And I think after the game, people were dancing like two hours after the game had ended. And really? I was, yeah, I have video of that on my Instagram. And I'm just, it's just like 
you just see this tiny little drummer surrounded by like 3,000 fans going crazy. So like that was a good experience versus uh, when we lost that, it was still like really somber. I know um, fans took it hard. I took it hard. You know, we, we always want to win, but I still, you know, wanted to provide that good energy, that good vibe. You know, like I say, win, lose or draw. It's always going to be a party at, you know, left field gate. So a lot of fans appreciate it. A lot of fans were like, I don't want to dance with nobody. Get out of here, guys. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I stopped believing, you know, but but still, but still you know, uh, we're still going to party and have a good time. I think the fans appreciate it. Um, and I and I think it's uh, it's uh, it's becoming a part of the tradition uh, going to the ballpark. I know a lot of parents hit me up and, and their kids are like, can we see Pike Street Drummer after the game? You know, and then. The games I'm not there, which is probably like those six or seven that I missed, you know, they were a little they're a little bummed. And so they they, you know, DM me the messages of their kids. And so I post those, you know, I like to post um, from the fans experience perspective of uh, what they're experiencing at the park. So, like, that's really cool. Yeah. And you've been doing this now for four seasons. Is that yeah, correct? I think it's three, my third or fourth season. Yeah. At the park. So, um, yeah, it's uh it's kind of it's kind of flew by a little bit because I was playing on first and Pike. That's where I got my start. Right. And then um, a couple of people were suggesting like, hey, hey, you should like go play in front of the Mariner Stadium. And I was like, OK, OK. People kept asking. And so I like finally set up in front of left field gate. And then the parks, uh, the park manager came out and he was like, hey, uh, who, who are you with? And like, how did you get here? Or like, who did you talk to? I was like, man, I just set up. He was like, whatever you do, man, just keep coming back. And we're not going to say anything if nobody else says anything. And so since then, I've just been there, man. Five bread and mustard, a Mariners podcast. We have the one and only Mr. Tom Hutler. How are you doing? Doing well, guys. Thank you for having me. There was one time I came out of a watering hole in West Seattle, and somebody and this guy had been overserved. I came out of the restaurant, and he goes, "You're the you're the Mariner guy." I go, "Yeah." And he goes, "Could you do Ken Griffey Jr.?" And I said, "Okay." So I did it, and he goes, "You're a great man." <laughs> I love it. Listen and subscribe to Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast, on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.